This is part three of our conversation with the Clements. In this episode, you'll be hearing about Dayton Family Tree, a house church ministry serving those who are serving kids from hard places. Because I know the one question that I would love to hear about is, and Phil Wings kind of brought me up to date, but about a year ago when Apex began rolling out its new mission and vision, mm-hmm. um, and you know, one of the things that we would love for every house church to do is to be able to find a people group or a neighborhood that they can collectively serve and be kingdom life to. You guys have chosen adoptive and foster uh, care families as that. Mm-hmm. What inspired that? What has that looked like? Uh, and how has it helped, you know, change your house church for the better? I think it chose us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it kind of goes back to the, like, uh, when you, you when you live in a certain setting and you feel like there's some, some ministries I can't do, um, it's like, well, what can I do? And, and this is... This is a natural fit to where our lives were. Um, it's like, hey, we have kids. We know how to take care of kids. We know what the needs of kids are. We know what the needs of families are. And then specifically, uh, you know, we knew that it would be helpful um, to provide additional support to families that um, were considering or were getting involved in adoption or foster care or some other, you know, there's other things called kinship care and things like that. Um, so it was a natural, it, it was it was an extension of where, uh, the kind of the environment God had already put us in. Mm-hmm. As a house church, we were just kind of looking at our, our people mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, talking about what can we do. We have obviously, like God has gifted our house church with um, these really cool family situations and the ways that our families came together, like that's not just by chance. So what can we take from what we're learning to help other people? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where we landed. Yeah. And to, I mean, to make it clear, we have three families in our house church who have all been involved with foster care or adoption, mm-hmm. three different families. Um, and even those who have not, we have other uh, families in our house church that have kids that are all biological, and we have some um, families in our house church that don't have kids, um, and we have some singles, um, single folks in our house church. So, like, we have a little bit of everything in our house church. <laughs> yeah. um, but even those folks who are not um, uh, are not currently fostering or they haven't adopted, they've whether they like it or not, they've learned a lot about it because uh, it's around them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they've learned, you know, they've learned about it and they, uh, I think they've developed a, you know, a sensitivity and a care for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, as far as us, um, our, our ministry and to, to be descriptive of what that ministry is, mm-hmm. we, um, we call it Dayton Family Tree and it is... Uh, essentially, um, our house church saying, uh, hey, if you are getting involved in you know, serving kids that are coming from trauma, 
um, probably through your, your becoming a foster parent or a kinship caregiver or you're taking in kids through safe families or you're adopting domestically or you're adopting internationally mm-hmm. uh, or you're adopting through like kinship care, anything like that where you're taking in kids that uh, through, through non-biological, uh, what the world would call normal ways, um, we recognize that that time that time of transition is is a challenge, mm. um, and uh, and you need support. Um, so what Dayton Family Tree does is says you know contact us, let us know what some of your needs are, mm-hmm. and let us uh, let us serve you wow. in this time of transition. That's basically all all that it is, and we immediately try to meet some material need. Mm. Um, so. Uh, we've been doing this for since January, so about ten months, and I think that we're averaging about you know one contact a month, mm-hmm. um, like serving about one meet, need a month. Yeah. So it's not a, a, a ton, but they'll contact and they'll say, "Hey, you know, the, our primary need is I need a crib. Um, I don't have any kids in my house yet, but um, I'm uh, going through uh, training, you know, and I'm going to have a, a, a kid in my house." And for my home study, I actually can't get licensed or I can't get approved to adopt or something mm. without having a crib. Mm. So I need a crib. Um, and so we'll go get a crib and we'll wow. take it to their house. Cool. Um, so we've done that kind of thing. Or, um, hey, I'm taking care of this teenager um, and, you know, she just doesn't have her own uh, clothes. She's been, you know, sharing, you know, clothes. Um from my, my biological kids or whatever, like we could use that. So there have been a, a couple different things. Um, and so what we do is we try to immediately need that, uh, meet that material need. Um, we enjoy doing that, but our, our goal is not to be like a material need kind of mm-hmm. organization because we know more than anything of what's been valuable to us because we've had people help us out with material things and it's been helpful. Um, and a lot of times in the moment, it feels like the thing you need the most. Um, but we want to, more than anything, um, help them see that there's other people out there like them that are doing these weird things, <laughs> like taking in kids that um, aren't uh, their biological kids, uh, help them feel like there's support and there's a community. Um, we introduce them specifically to Apex's uh, adoptive and foster care group mm-hmm. um, on first Thursdays. Yeah. Um, so we invite them to that, let them know that that's available. Um, and bring a Bible. <clears throat> yeah, and we take a, mm-hmm. we either take a, like a Jesus storybook Bible if there's, if it's going to be a small child. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought a ESV study Bible for a teenage, a teenager. Mm. Um, so we take that and we just like take a sheet with some information that just lets them know, like inviting them to like contact us yeah. for more. Um, I mean, honestly, the most valuable resources I think we have are the handful of foster and adoptive moms that we have. Yeah. So <laughs> That's the most valuable. We go thing. through the process of getting their request for what they, what they need, what would be helpful. And then we tell them, um, you know, on the form they fill out, we say someone will contact you within 24 hours. And that's like my favorite part because mm. I call and, and, it's funny. A lot of times people will be like, so you, you just do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> explain what you do. I just had this conversation with people. someone. <laughs> Why are you doing this? And, um, and so we talk about what they need, but then also, um, 
I, I can ask like, so what's the situation? Like, how are you, how is it going? Um, and I just love that conversation with people, like to hear a little bit about the story and then, you know, going to deliver stuff is, is, um, just great because then I've never, I don't think I've had a situation where I just drop stuff off and walk away. It's usually like, you know, when you're face to face with someone and mm -hmm. you can actually see a person that, uh, might sort of get where you are, like kind of in survival mm -hmm. mode, um, I just, that's a really important part of it too, is seeing them face to face and just, um, yeah, being able to be a supportive person and sometimes praying and, um, we try to pray with them usually before we, before we leave. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's actually r really pretty simple. Um, yeah. that's the thing. Just is it, it filling has a, a need. <laughs> we, we gave it a name cause you need to call it something. Yeah. And, uh, I made a little website for it. DaytonFamilyTree.com, um, but that was more just so people would feel like this is a real thing, and yes. we're not like weirdos that are like <laughs> trying to show up at their house. Mm -hmm. um, but it really is just simple. Really simple. And like I said, it, we were only doing maybe one of these every month, um, but it's something we can do, you know. And it's some, and we 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 decided we'd put it out there, um, and. Uh, um, you know, our house church has all been involved, but, um, you know, there's definitely been some of us uh, more involved than others, but, um, we decided we'd put it out there and just, and see what happened. Like yeah. it, we hadn't, we, we don't feel like it's a success if it, only if it grows, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't feel like it'd be a failure if, you know, not very much happened with it. Honestly, the fact that it survived 10 months with <laughs> still people, uh, even, you know, a couple requests coming in in the past month. Like, to me, that's like already kind of exceeding expectations, honestly. Um, but we're excited about it. And we've we've started to actually get some contacts from people that we don't know. A lot of them early on were people that were kind of inside of the circle that we already had. But we're starting to get some folks that we don't know. I mean, my, my best experience has been my most recent experience, which was a, um, uh, a single mom who had a teenage daughter and um, she had taken in her daughter's friend. Um, her daughter's friend, uh, the family situation um, wasn't great. So she basically was already kind of living with this mom and the daughter. And, um, and she was in the process of, I think, actually getting legal rights to, you know, be her a guardian. And she contacted us and asked, uh, for a bunk bed. She's like, um, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty much, we're good. We just like having a bunk bed would be really nice. Um, she could, you know, stay in my daughter's room and have her own bed. Um, and so, uh, so we went, um, to Ikea and we got a bunk bed and, um, and I drove that down there and I took my two oldest boys with me. Um, and we drove, uh, to their, they're in a nearby town and, um, and walked up and, 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 you know, they were just really great. They were sitting on their porch, kind of waiting to talk to us and, uh, very appreciative. And, um, it was fun, like having my boys there to like, kind of help, like carry the couple of things in there. And the two, two teenage girls, like immediately, like started like opening stuff up and working on it. Um, and the mom was just really grateful and, um, you know, she teared up a little bit and you know, just talking about it. Um, it was a really, 
you know, sweet moment there with her. Um, and, uh, and then like we continued to text throughout the day. She would send me pictures of like, (laughs) of the bed, like getting on its way of being completed. (laughs) And, um, and you know, it also gave me opportunity to like, I, I gave the, uh, the Bible that we bought for the, the teenage girl, uh, gave it to her and I didn't know if like she had a Bible or not. And that's what I said. I said, I don't know if you have a Bible or not, but you know, we like to give a Bible when we go and, um, so this is a really great one. And I opened it up for her and I said, like, so this one's kind of cool. It's got this stuff at the bottom that like helps you, like helps answer some questions because it's a study Bible um, directed at teens. And um, and uh, um, she she seemed to appreciate that. We didn't talk a whole lot about it, but I was able to follow up with a text later and say, tell the mom like, hey, I didn't get a chance to tell her that if, if she hasn't read the whole Bible a lot, the Bible a lot. I like to recommend she starts with the book of Luke. You know, mm-hmm. she can look in the table of contents and she can look at the book of Luke. That's where I like to start. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, to give her a, you know, if she's st- standing there looking at this, you know, thousand page book and she doesn't <laughs> yeah, know where to like, start. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. Do last thing you want to do is start at the beginning. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you'll be done by the time you make it to the third book. Um, so, so that was a great experience for me. And it was a great experience going from with my boys and, um, I know that it was a blessing to her, but it was, you know, it was a real blessing to us as well, um, to be a part of it. I mean, you guys talk about earlier there being a broken system. I mean, that's how you change the system. Mm-hmm. You enter yeah. into it and you, you know, do the right thing, reorder it. That's yeah. man, guys, it's that's really cool. just paying attention to where the need is and yeah. being willing to help out, not knowing what the end result will be. Mm. Yeah. And I think it speaks into, I mean, I think it's a natural outflow of your adoptive heart that the father has mm-hmm. because he is one who has abundance, mm-hmm. which is why he has, you know, endless love to give to all of us kids, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and you guys are just naturally extending that in a very practical way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's something I've, I've talked with people about is like, as people are, have said before to me, like, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could take in a kid, you know, know, broken, you know, by trauma or whatever and take them in and also like not know, like, uh, not know if they're going to stay, you know, not have any control over that. Um, and I don't say this directly to that person, um, because it's usually not a good moment to (laughs) say something that's direct, but, but the truth is like, like, what if that's what if that was the father's attitude towards us mm. because we were broken kids mm. that he loved anyway and uh he doesn't force us to stay mm. right mm-hmm. and um yeah we 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 can't have that attitude of an unwillingness to only only love and serve in areas that we know it's going to work the way we want it to work mm. yeah. um and because, you know, the father didn't do that with us either. You have been encouraging everybody this whole time. But <laughs> what is a word of encouragement that you'd have for uh, parents that are in the fostering or adoptive season right now? And maybe it's difficult. I was just thinking this actually while you were talking. 
I should mention that we mess up all the time. <laughs> like, we are so broken in our parenting. And, um, oh, man, we mess up every day. Our kids in the other room watching an iPad. For <laughs> <laughs> and I think something that I have just started to learn is the importance of um, continuously repairing. Like, when we mess up... Um, being willing to <laughs> to not be um, so stubborn um, and mm-hmm. to feel like I'm the parent, I know what I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. but being so willing to go back and repair um, what has happened because, I mean, yeah, parenting, um, it's just different. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different with kids who um, join your family in a different way than biologically. So... Um, so it, we definitely, man, we have, we had to learn how to parent in a different way and we're still learning. Um, so I think if there's something encouraging I could say is like, first of all, you're not alone mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you mess up and when you struggle. Um, but repairing that is important. And also just knowing that uh, I mean, so many times at the end of the day, I've, you know, I've turned to Drew and I said, I, I just don't know if I can, I mean, this is hard. <laughs> this is so hard. Today was really rough and it's not like that every day, but, um, just knowing and actually believing that God is going to give me and give us what we need to do that day. Mm. Um, and he's doing the same for our kids too. There are definitely times where you're like, I don't know. I don't know if you, I don't know if. God's got enough to get me through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there are definitely times where it feels that way. Um, but then there's other times where that, that season's passed and it's mm-hmm. a whole different season. Mm-hmm. I think, I think my, my encouragement to the church, uh, at least in, in terms of this subject, is just you have, you have, you have so much to gain from uh, serving in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not completely selfless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, um, the amount of growth that we've experienced by mm-hmm. taking on something like this mm-hmm. um, is is incomparable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about, I think about. And there's nothing wrong, you know, with saying this, and because uh, I know I've said this at times too. But like, I can think of times, you know, you hear people say, like, you know, I'm just looking to grow, you know, I'm going through, mm. you know, or sometimes people are just bored, mm. <laughs> but sometimes people, are, you know, they feel plateaued or stagnant, or um, you know, they're looking for their place in this life, you know, looking for their purpose or whatever. Um, it could be that the growth you need is going to come from doing something really difficult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or the growth you, you're hoping for. Uh, there's definitely... So Sometimes I think we want our growth by just finding the right book to read. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a person that doesn't like to read. Um, <laughs> I love reading, and I still agree with you. <laughs> but, like, but, I mean, that... that and I, and I don't, I don't say this like in a, in a, like a pushing kind of way. I say this like legitimately an encouraging kind of way that like, um, there's, there's so much good growth that, that comes from 
taking something like this on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not, I don't, again, I don't want people to feel like they have to do exactly what we've done. But taking on something like this with all of its unknowns and all of like the hard things that people can tell you are, are going to come, mm-hmm. um, you just, you, you get so much out of it, like mm-hmm. in terms of um, your sanctification. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's one of those things where I, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid that people don't take it on because they're afraid of how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for them to instead look at it as, you know, what an opportunity for me to learn more things about the Lord and more things mm-hmm. about uh, uh, what he wants to do in me and still change in me. Like, and how he loves us. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So how can me and Jason and the rest of Apex pray for you guys and your family? I know my mind is just so much on like, I'd rather Apex just be praying for the overall problem of, mm-hmm. of, uh, um, the need, the need. <laughs> and you know, everybody's here, heard which this. is becoming more and more obvious because it's, you know, it's so much more out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but like our opioid epidemic, uh, comes to mind because like, it's not in any one place, but I know that like like Greene County, for example, and Montgomery County, I mean, just flooded. Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers are nuts. Yeah. Um, how they used to be taking in, you know, or, or placing, I don't know, 20 or 30 kids in a, a year or a month. I don't remember what all the stats are, but it's like, it's something like five or six times what it used to be just mm-hmm. in a matter of years. Yeah. It's a ridiculous amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully that kind of stuff is, is, is more in the news and people are becoming more aware of it, but it's only because the need is greater. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a thankful kind of thing, but, um, but as far as like a prayer, a prayer kind of, uh, from a prayer point of view, I just, I, pay, I just want Apex to pray and consider what their role is, mm-hmm. um, in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it touches, I mean, it touches everything. Um, but I mean, Pray for us. Pray for us specifically that we'd have, and not just us, like Drew and Melissa, but you know our house church, um, uh, Phil and Amber Wing, and um, Dan and Abby Garman, mm-hmm. are the three families that are part of our house church that have all fostered and adopted. But we have half a dozen or ten other families or um, family oh. units in our house church <laughs> that are also involved in this. You know, mm-hmm. um, pray that we would just have more opportunities, honestly, like, mm-hmm. and then we'd get better at it as we went. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's the thing that comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, then it wouldn't just be us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been challenged today yeah. and deeply encouraged. Um, thank you for living the walk, not just talking it. We know from scripture that we should care for orphans. But sometimes it's hard to know where to start. I hope hearing this story showed you how God's heart for the orphan shapes our hearts. If you or someone you know needs help with fostering or adopting, make sure to go to DaytonFamilyTree.com. Apex's mission is to make and multiply disciples with the gospel of Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit. We envision God using every Apexer to join his disciple-making movement in reaching the greater Dayton area and unreached people groups around the world. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to apexcommunity.org.
If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure to subscribe. Also, for more stories and future episodes, visit apexanthologies.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Apex Community. By the way, it would be super helpful if you rated our podcast. That helps us show up on the search feed and gives us a chance for new listeners. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at apexcommunity.org. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.